When life isn't fair, how do you respond? That's the subject today on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. I believe that we have the choice to become grumblers or to become praisers. We have the choice to become grumblers or people of thanksgiving in our life. It's not what happens to you, it's how you respond to what happens to you that you are responsible for. Welcome to Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute, and he's also senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, today we're continuing a message about the very real yet difficult truth that, Mark, sometimes life just isn't fair, is it? <laughs> you know, I think of my kids when they were uh, small. It seems yeah. like I heard often, that's <laughs> yeah. not fair. Fair. We banned that phrase in our household. <laughs> <laughs> and every parent, I think, learns to say, life isn't always fair. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's simple, but it's true. And so what happens when life isn't fair, when it seems like you do everything right and things turn out the wrong way? Well, the, the Bible addresses this. James has some very strong, practical, good insight as to how not to get jaded by an unfair world. Well, let's continue to learn now from James chapter 5 as Mark continues this message, When Life Isn't Fair. I've gotten a few tickets in life. (laughs) Driving tickets. And I've deserved most of those tickets. Most of them I've deserved. I sped. And I got a speeding ticket. And I sped again, and I get a speeding ticket. And I speed again, and I get, I've, I've been shown mercy at times as well. I remember a couple of years ago, I was actually on my way to church. I was driving in my car with my wife, by the way. And I was going 55 miles an hour, but there was a state trooper that was in the lane next to me. And my wife said to me, why are you going so slow? And I said to her, there's a state trooper right there, and the speed limit's 55. And she said to me, but you know, there is some grace of about 10 miles an hour. Just like Eve told Adam, right? (laughs) So because I listened to the woman, I stepped on the gas pedal just a little bit higher, and I went about 62, and sure enough, that state trooper decided, he looked over at me, he pulled behind me, put his lights on, and pulled me to the side. When I rolled down the window, he said, what possessed you to see a fully marked state trooper right beside you, and that you would violate the speed limit? I wanted to say my wife, but I, I, I didn't say it. I said, I'm sorry, sir, I was in a hurry. And he said, what were you in a hurry to go to? I said, well, believe it or not, church. He said, church? I said, yeah, I'm a pastor, and I was on my way to church. He looked at me. He went back to his car, checked me out a little bit, came back, and then he he said, I'm not going to write you a ticket. I'm going to show you grace. And then he said, Godspeed. He said, 
he was messing with my mind. Godspeed. So I don't know if he's saying bye or if he's saying go at Godspeed or God's watching your speed. But I couldn't get at Godspeed. He, he told me Godspeed. So I've, I've kept that in mind. I got to go Godspeed. But there was recently, a few months ago, I got a ticket, and I've deserved a lot of tickets, and I take those tickets if I'm not shown grace. But this time, I knew that I did not deserve a ticket. And so, I contested the ticket. And I had to wait a little while, but I thought, if I get before the right judge, the just judge, that just judge is going to realize that I don't deserve a ticket. Now, I had to wait, and I went to court, and I saw all these people plead guilty, and when they asked me, I said I plead non-guilty, and then they had me wait some more. But I thought, when I get before the judge, this unjust ticket will be eliminated. As I was waiting, the uh, attorney for the police officer came to me, and she said, you know, you should plead guilty. I said, why? I'm not guilty. She said, because you're going to lose. She said, but I got a deal for you. If you pay $250, you could avoid having to pay $400 and getting on probation. I said, but I'm not guilty. She said, I'm just telling you, you're going to lose. But I thought to myself, well, when I stand before the judge, a just judge, I expect that I'll get justice. Now, I waited. It was patient. I wasn't sure exactly how it would work out. And finally, I stood before the judge, and the judge allowed me to defend myself. And so I presented my case, and the law enforcement officer presented his case. And I was respectful, and I told him the circumstances. And I was so elated when the judge hit the little platform and said, your ticket's been dismissed. And I thought, yes, I don't have to pay the ticket. It felt so good to finally stand before a judge and be vindicated and justice happen. The same thing is being told us in Scripture, that we may have to wait. It may feel like it takes longer than it should. It may feel like it's never going to happen. People are going to tell us, justice will never come your way. But what Scripture is telling us is that there is a God Almighty who is named Lord of hosts, sovereign God of the universe, who in the end, if we are patient and stand firm, He will come through and He will bring justice. It says in verse 8, you too, be patient, stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Yeah. What happens to a lot of us is that we wait, but we don't stand firm. You're in an unjust situation, and instead of standing firm and saying, I'm going to trust God even though this is difficult, you become bitter, resentful, angry. You harden your heart. You feel like, God is not listening to me. Life is unfair. It's not worth following God. I'm not sure that he's going to bring about justice. And instead of standing firm, we start to waver in our strength, in our belief, in our commitment to give things up to God and trust that the sovereign God of the universe truly will bring about justice. So not only does he say, watch out for the money trap, he says, be patient and stand firm. The third thing he tells us is this. Oh, this is a hard one now. He says, and don't 
grumble. You see, we need to resist giving in to the attitude of complaining. Notice what the verse says. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. This word for grumble is literally in the Greek, the word to groan. A half-suppressed murmur of impatience and harsh judgment, not uttered out loud or freely, but just this grumbling that happens under your breath about the circumstances. You see, grumbling is internal complaining about others, about life, about the system. Grumbling is wasted energy. Grumbling focuses on what is wrong and rehearses it in undertones over and over and over again. In fact, some of you have lived with injustice so long that you think that it's given you the right to become a perpetual professional grumbler. Come on now. How many of you know professional grumblers? You just see them. Hey, how you doing? Great day, isn't it? No, it's going to be too hot today. It's always hot. I think it's hotter than it was last year. The air conditioning doesn't really work in this place because they don't pay their bills. They don't care about their workers. They never have cared about. I'm sweating to death here. You say it's a good day. (laughs) There are people that their mode is grumbling. It's just the mode that they've chosen to live life in. There's never anything super good. There's always a dark side, a back side. There's always a critical negative side to it. You know it. If they're at their job, all you have to do is make one negative comment because grumblers love grumblers. All you have to say is one negative comment and they'll go on for a half hour because they love to complain. They grumble about the system. They grumble about the economy. They grumble about the weather. They grumble about the music. They grumble about the culture. They grumble about the young people. They grumble about their spouse. They grumble about their mother-in-law and father-in-law, about their boss and the job and the city and the nation and the world and God and injustice and races and people. And they grumble about everything. And you say, well, that's just their personality. No, let's get it straight here. The Bible says that grumbling actually will bring us into judgment. Notice what he says. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The very circumstances that we're grumbling against, the unfairness of life, causes us to come under the microscope of judgment of God because when we grumble about unfairness, we actually end up being the unfair. I don't know about you, but grumbling irritates me, especially if I'm leading the charge and people are grumbling. If you're a parent and have ever been on a long car trip, you know what grumbling is. I remember taking trips five, six hours with three small children in my back seat. 
When are we going to get there? This is too long. I got to pee. When are we going to eat? He, he, he put his foot on my side. She touched my hair. He's making faces at me, Dad. How come we can't do this? This is not, no, this, it's too hot back here, Dad. His feet stink because he put his shoes on. I don't like the music. I'm trying to sleep. Stop. How many of you, am I, am I, just happened in my house. Okay, other people. I just want to like stop at a gas station and say, you know what? Here's the destination. You get there. My mom and I are going there ahead. I hope you can hitchhike there. I know you're three and five, but I hope you make it. You know, grumbling irritated the heart of God. In the, in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were liberated out of Egypt, but yet they continued to grumble about their circumstances. And in one incident, God had, God had had it from the grumbling of the people. They wanted, they wanted meat, and they wanted to go back to Egypt, and it wasn't the same. And the Bible says he opened up the ground and swallowed a couple thousand of them. For sheer grumbling. And I believe that grumbling is the result of not processing injustice or unfairness or the hardness of life well. I believe that we have cho the choice to become grumblers or to become praisers. We have the choice to become grumblers or people of thanksgiving in our life. It's not what happens to you, it's how you respond to what happens to you that you are responsible for. Well, that's a key point from today's Bold Steps message with Mark Job, and we will continue it in just a minute. First, we want to give special thanks to those listeners who have partnered with us this year and are playing a major role in bringing the gospel to new listeners. It's through your faithful monthly support that our bold partners are helping other listeners take bold steps of faith. And we want you to hear about the impact you're making. Mark, we have some great feedback, don't we? You know, we are so incredibly grateful for all the partners that we have that pray for us, but also that support us on a regular basis, sometimes just a one-time gift, or especially those that have committed to giving on a monthly basis. And so just want to say thank you. Again, if you are thinking about becoming a bold partner, it's a growing number of people that have said, I'm a part of the Bold Steps team. Mm -hmm. God has blessed me, and I want, I want this ministry to continue to grow. And uh, we get uh, notes all the time. We really love them. I try to read all of them that come in, or as many of them that I can. Here's one. This is Johnny, who wrote, I was turning through radio stations in my car about two months ago when I heard a sermon Dr. Job was preaching where he shared about a method that helped him in his Bible reading called SOAP, S-O-A-P, Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. I thought it sounded like a good idea and began using it during my mo morning devotional. I'm amazed at the difference it's made in my walk with Christ. I love that. Yeah. This is, I don't even remember when I first heard of this method called soap, but I've been using it for a while. And uh, I love that Johnny is getting into the Word of God. It's helping him grow in his walk with Jesus. Well, he says that he recently shared this, uh, this lesson he learned about soap on Facebook, 
And several friends have responded, uh, and one even said they were going to try it out themselves. So see how the word spreads, Mark. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> even his granddaughter, he's he's sharing his journal with his 10-year-old granddaughter, and she's growing because of it. So I love it. And part of our goal here at uh, Bold Steps is to get people in the Word. Yeah. We're glad that you're listening to the message, but we want to get you personally into the Word, students of the Bible, breaking down the Word of God, and listening to the words of Jesus. Well, this kind of story is made possible by our bold partners, so why don't you take a bold step and share the gospel this year and and sign up by becoming a bold partner with us. When you sign up and give a gift of $30 or more, you'll be qualified for a 50% discount off the retail price on all Moody Publisher resources in the online store at moodypublishers.org. That's just one of the benefits you'll receive. There are many others, so check it out online when you sign up to become a bold partner at boldstepsradio.org. Mark, thanks for sharing that note. Let's get back into our message, though, from you titled, When Life Isn't Fair. Listen, you can't control the fact that you were laid off. You can't control the fact that you got a bad report from the doctor. You can't control the fact that your spouse cheated on you. But I'm going to tell you something that you can control. You can control the response that you have towards injustice that comes your way. You are responsible for your response. And God will hold you responsible, not for the injustice perpetrated against you, but He will hold you responsible for your response to the injustice that's been leveled against you. Some of us are like the guy that went to the doctor, and the doctor told a man, hey, you have rabies. And he asked for a pad of paper, to write down and he started writing ferociously down on a piece of paper and the doctor said are you writing your will down he said no I'm just writing down every person I'm gonna bite (laughs) some of us are that way when bad happens to us we want to make sure that everybody around us gets a piece of it if it's gonna hurt us we want everybody to hurt If life has been tough to us, we become angry, bitter, resentful, and want to make sure that everybody else suffers around us as well. That's a spirit of grumbling that gets a hold of us. But James is reminding us that you will be judged if you turn into a grumbler. In fact, he gives the image of a judge that's standing at the other side of the door listening to all the grumbling that's happening. He's right there, ready to come in and and listening and and judging us uh, by the attitude that we have towards unfairness in life. Life will be unfair. You can choose to grumble about it, become cynical, Negative, dark, unhappy, miserable, or you can choose to say, God, life is unfair, but you are still good. And I will keep my heart in a place of thanksgiving, even when life is tough. And so he leads us to our fourth point here. Not only does he say not to grumble, but he also says, watch out, be patient, don't grumble, Number four, stay inspired. Remember that perseverance comes with blessing. Verse 10, he says, Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. 
You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. You see, what James says is that you're not the only one that's gone through suffering. You're not the only one who's been mistreated. You're not the only one in the world who has to put up with stuff that was hard to put up with. You're not the only one who's had to say, God, I don't know if I can make it, make it through this. I need your grace. And when you become overwhelmed with your circumstances, when you feel like life is really treating you bad, and you want to say, God, what's up with this? Life is unfair. He says, I want you to remember the example of the prophets. Why the prophets? Well, a lot of the prophets in the Old Testament were speaking on behalf of God, yet they were persecuted. People like Jeremiah, who was speaking on God's behalf the message that God had asked him to speak, but yet Jeremiah was put in irons, thrown into prison, lowered into a dungeon, but he never gave up. He kept preaching the message that God had given him. Or he says, remember Job. Job is an incredible story. Those of you that are new to your Bibles, you may pronounce it Job, but it's really Job. I remember one brother shared when he first came to Christ, he'd never read the Bible, and so he thumbed through the Bible and he saw the book of Job. And so he started reading it because thought, he thought, well, this will help me get a job. And, and so, but really, it's Job. Misspelled because it should be spelled like my name, but you know, you get the point. Job. But Job is an incredible story of a man who was living for God, trying to be righteous, doing things right, and comes into this cosmic contest in which Satan comes before God and says, hey, look at the earth. There's no one that's following you and serving you. And God says, have you seen my servant Job? And Satan basically says, yeah, Job is serving you because look at his life. He's got wealth and family and kids and prosperity and health. Of course he's serving you. Take it away and he'll curse you. And so after some dialogue and debate, God gave him permission. How many of you know that Satan can't do anything that God doesn't give him permission to do? God gave him permission to bring some affliction on Job. And with time, Job found himself having family, friends, wealth, everything that someone would consider success and prosperity. He went from that to the bottom of the barrel, on the side of the road, scraping his open sores with a piece of rock or glass. His kids gone, his wealth gone, his friends accusing him. Nothing to his name like a beggar on the side of the road with open wounds. But Job said, even though he questioned, even though he didn't understand, Job said, if I've received the good things from God, then who am I to question the bad things from God? You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, and we will continue with the third and final part of this lesson titled, When Life Isn't Fair, when we return for tomorrow's program. 
But before then, we want to remind you there's still time to request your copy of this month's Bold Step gift. It's a book written by Mark, all about getting unstuck in life. And to tell us more about it is the author, Mark Job. Exhaustion and disappointment can derail even the best of us. In fact, it happened to nearly every servant of God who ever lived. But how they handled that season is a lesson that we can all learn from. And in my book, Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call, I lay out seven biblical principles that will help you identify the spiritual snares that have caught you and what you can do now to break free and to get back in motion. And I'll be happy to send you a copy when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. Once again, the book is called Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call. And if part of your call this new year is to reach out to people with the truth and encouragement of the gospel, then we invite you to join our outreach efforts by becoming a bold partner. Your monthly gifts will help us share God's word on your local station and to other new listeners all across the country. And you can give that gift of any amount or sign up to become a bold partner when you visit our website at boldstepsradio.org or give us a call at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. And as we close, we want to give you one more reminder to subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast so you can get all of these daily messages downloaded automatically to your phone or mobile device. That'll make it easy to catch up on any of these lessons and listen at your own pace from wherever you are. Just open up your favorite podcast app and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. And don't forget to click the subscribe button. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you back tomorrow for the conclusion of this message about choosing to be a victor instead of a victim. It's titled When Life Isn't Fair. And you can hear the final part tomorrow on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.